BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Leonard Skinner has gotten together with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Of course they have. Because of course they have. And we haven't heard this yet, but we were told it's good. We're jumping right to the lyrics. Let's hear it. You can take it to the bank. He don't care what Brandon thinks at the White House. Yeah, he's fighting for the right to keep our state free. Free. Well, he's taking on the swamp and he's calling out Dr. Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> he's the only one fighting for you and me. You and me. Yeah, we're free. Yeah, we're free. Down and sweet. things on that well, a couple of things on that one uh, parody songs are much more tuneful when they're done by legendary bands i noticed there the, the music is better uh, now, is that a parody song or is it just a, a topical song i don't know but i i feel like this is only going to help both leonard skinnerd and ron DeSantis. i think they both get a giant <laughs> win out of this 
Yeah. And they get together at various functions as he runs for president and everything like that. Leonard Skinner's going to sell more T-shirts than they ever did before. (laughs) They're going to warm up the crowd at all of his rallies. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? We have a TikTok challenge that's turned violent, Joe. Oh, no. Actually, in the town right next to me where I was just yesterday. Um, Is it the if a comedian annoys your wife challenge? <laughs> Hilarious. Police say the or bees challenge encourages young people to shoot gel beads out of toy guns. It can get really out of hand, said one Woodland High School student. Uh, sometimes they hurt if you're closer to them. There could be injuries from it, said one officer. Wow, there could be. Wow. One student said it could, it can get out of hand. One officer said there could be injuries. That's a TikTok challenge getting out of hand? Wow. That's a news story? That's a news story? <laughs> Did nobody see, I don't know, a cat walking down the street? Because that would be a more interesting news story. Another comment from one of the police officers. If someone had an injury because of this, it could be a crime. <laughs> wow. Wow. It could be. Wow, this is the lamest story ever. It really is. So the TikTok challenge is apparently something to do with shooting gel pellets out of a toy gun. All right. It's the Orbeez Challenge, Joe. No, no. Am I up to it? Who knows? So this... In other news, a cat was sighted walking down Main Street this afternoon (laughs) and paused in front of the home of Mr. and Mrs. Jones, glanced about, then continued on its way. It was part gray and part white. Like if most... that cat had gone crazy and bit a child in the eye, that could have really been an injury. Well, if it had it had been radioactive and it bit somebody, they might have become a superhuman. You don't know. <laughs> if it had been a lion, it might have ate somebody. It could have. Shame on it. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. I feel like I need the song again, Michael. I'm going to sway my arms oh, back yeah. and forth. Give Come me the on, song. Everybody. I got my lighter out. Yeah, you can take the two. Got the sweet home Alabama girls in the studio. Sounds good. So, uh, what role does Ron DeSantis play in this? Is he singing it, or is he? Yeah, that's a good question. What role does Ron DeSantis play? Does just... Alex? Can Alex tell us? Because he's he's involved in this, getting uh, this for us. What do I you... think they the, so the Van Zants wrote it for him, and they debuted it with his Twitter, and it's going to be like his official campaign song. Okay. Ah. Yeah, okay. And so instead of like choosing a song from some uh, hippie rocker who then, you know, sues you and says you're not allowed to do it anymore, Ron DeSantis just like, I'll just go right to Leonard Skinner and have him write me a song. That'll be my official campaign song. Ain't nobody going to stop that from happening. I wonder if Kid Rock just wanted too much money or something. <laughs> of course, he's a Michigan guy. Leonard yeah. Skinner, Gainesville, Florida. Sure. Come on now. Um. Uh. So, who's the the guitar player that invented "Sweet Home Alabama" that died a couple years ago? He. Uh, what's his uh, name? Ed King. They had so many guitar King. players. Yeah, King. Yeah, Ed King. Ed yeah. King is the guy, and uh, I just wonder how he'd feel about this. I just I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if, he'd uh, probably laugh. <laughs> maybe I don't know. You know, because a lot of your a lot of your hardcore hippie rock and rollers are actually you know they're just they're 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 way lefty hippies. They're way more that direction, but I don't know. I don't know the politics of Leonard Skinner. 
behind the scenes. Yeah, nor do I care enough to think about it. Um, but, but, but Sweet Home uh, Alabama know. was a song written to like mock those kind of people more than their, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, trying to espouse their views of the world. But it's become a people espousing those views of the world. Yeah, but they did over uh, time take a shot at uh, Neil Young for taking a shot at Alabama. Uh, ironically, though, you you tricked me into talking about this. I don't care. Well, I don't just, care. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting <laughs> that they're they're playing along with the whole uh, we're up with the right wingers thing when I don't know that that's where their politics are. Maybe they just got paid to do it. You know, as a guy who's read more about this than can possibly be justified, uh, it, back in the day, bands like Leonard Skinner and that band specifically, they were absolutely like a counterculture against the uh, brush-cut, brutal, bullying, traditional southern male thing. They're long hairs. They got right. beat up and pushed around and that sort of thing. Right. They, um, they wanted to be able to do drugs openly and wear their hair long and all kinds of uh, hippie stuff. But in the way that, uh, you know, a lot of lefties have become totalitarians and, and fascist in their leanings, um, they're consistent. They're like, just let Florida do what Florida wants to do. We don't need a central authority telling us what to do. So, uh, you know, I'll give him credit for consistency anyway. Southern man don't need him around anyhow. That's right. Um, here's a little something for guitar players. Well, it only matter to guitar players. I saw a YouTube video before Ed King died. He invented the rip. He invented that. Mm-hmm. He probably played it what a million times. It might be, you know, that Could might be. be an exaggeration, but it would be a lot between yeah. practices and concerts and everything else. And I saw a YouTube video, and he was somebody asked him, "How do you play that riff to get it right?" And he couldn't remember. He was like trying to do it a couple of times, and he couldn't remember. So if you've ever struggled with getting that riff right, the guy who invented it and probably played it a million times without practicing it right then couldn't get it right. So I thought that's worth noting as a musician. Or did he have the dementia? Or something? No, 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 that's definitely, not, definitely not. She's okay. like, oh, I haven't played it in a long time. I think it's no, no, it's not that. That's right. It's up here on the seventh. Yeah. So oh, there you go. You know, maybe we can work in this story as well. Guy on a Southwest Airlines flight from Seattle to Phoenix, pleasuring himself. Wait, wait, wait. Pleasuring himself twice. I mean, I'm sorry. Did I say twice? Three. Oh, three times. Please, you're an amateur. Four times. Four times. Who was between Seattle and Phoenix? Who was doing the counting, or did he offer up that information? (laughs) Is there somebody nearby saying, and that's two? Honey, keep track. That's two. The poor gal sitting next to him. Oh, jeez. Now, one might ask the question, I'm not saying you should, but you might ask the question, after the first time. I wouldn't sit through one, but the fact that you went ahead and (laughs) said, you know what, damage is done. Surely he's done now. He's masturbated once. I can enjoy the flight to beautiful Phoenix in peace. Wait a minute, what, again? How long a flight was this? That's well, pretty Seattle impressive. To Phoenix, uh, Seattle to Phoenix is barely two hours. Aside from being a degenerate, that's pretty impressive. Y- y- certain details are not clear to me, and I'm not going to go any further than that. Right. Um, to what extent did she? He, uh, did she? Nah, did she enough. go to the flight attendant or anything, or ask to switch seats? Can I switch seats? This guy's on his fourth round of masturbation. <laughs> well, that's what she said. Evidently, you'd think after one, you'd be pretty insistent. And I feel like I need a free Dr Pepper because I had to sit next to a guy who pulled the hat track and then went for another. Yeah, and the whole can, by the way, please. Uh, yeah, evidently she didn't complain until he fell asleep, and who can blame him? Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 
Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This this need for vengeance is crazy. Charles Cook. Charles C.W. Cook, which is at least one too many initials. <laughs> I love this piece. It's short. It's powerful. The power of no. The simplest of words is the key to defeating cancel culture. If America's institutions wish to improve the country's culture, harmony, and mood, they would do well to practice using that most useful and elementary of old English words, no. That's no is in, no, I don't care that you're offended, go away. Or, no, I won't punish others for your intolerance. Or, no, you can't stay here and make stupid demands. I'm busy, and you should be too. Even if you have to say no, I think if you just didn't respond to tweets or phone calls for a couple days, it would go away. You know, that's an excellent point. He goes on to say, no can, of course, be used alongside other useful phrases, such as, I don't care, stop being ridiculous, and if you can't tolerate others, then please feel free to leave. It can even be used repetitively, as in, no, 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 no. But however it is decorated, it must always remain in the mix. A key to using no is to make sure you stick with it to the end. I want you to fire James for his tweet, no, but I'm upset No, but I'm offended and hurt and shocked. No, but I'm struggling. No, but words are violence and my safety has been imperiled and I'm literally shaking in my room. No, it is customary for commentators to describe the practitioners of America's cancel culture as hypersensitive snowflakes who, having been stuck in perpetual adolescence, are unable to cope with the rigors of adult life. Increasingly, though, this seems naive. These people aren't snowflakes. They're vicious, self-interested power brokers who have discovered that by reciting a handful of carefully chosen words, they can exile their opponents for good. Used often enough and widely enough, no helps to smash this expectation. Responding to the pressure campaign against Ilya Shapiro, William Trainer, the impotent dean of Georgetown Law School, said... Wow, right for his his crank. (laughs) No, I think he means uh, in terms of the uh, committing uh, commission of his duties. Oh, okay. Not his actual penis. <clears throat> uh, the impotent dean of Georgetown Law School said, I have heard the pain and outrage of so many and confirmed that he was, quote, grateful to the many members of the community who have reached out to me and other leaders at the school to share their thoughts. What trainer should have said instead was, no. Happily, the word is available to everyone, and it's free. It's available at the Disney Corporation, where it should have been used to defend Gina Carano. It's Hmm. available at the New York Times, where it should have been used to defend Donald McNeil. It's available at Teen Vogue, where it should have been used to defend Alexi McCammond. It's available across corporate America, which seems not to have yet realized that its problems stem almost exclusively from its habitual inability to make a stand in the face of increasingly preposterous demands. Yeah, when they when companies give in to the woktivists on these, do you think they're not going to be asking for more? Exactly. I love that sentence, and I want to make sure you caught it. Corporate America, which seems not yet to have realized that its problems stem almost exclusively from its habitual inability to make a stand in the face of increasingly preposterous demands. And here's the best part. The more often it is used, the less often it ends up being needed. Bit by bit and use by use, the word diminishes the requests it's used to propel. Of course. Might, one might think of its utilization as a lockdown strategy. 50 no's to stop the spread. <laughs> I love that. No, no, no. And this is some great insight. 
The dirty little secret about mobs is that they are as fickle as they are rambunctious. Counterintuitive as it may seem, the very worst thing that one can do when faced by a madding crowd is to imply that one intends to give an inch. If one must respond at all, it should be with a firm no, followed by an affirmation of principled neutrality that leaves no room whatsoever for debate. No, we are not firing James. No, this is not a consultation. Yes, academic freedom is the backbone of this school. Good night. Better yet, if one should seek to invert the cultural presumption by making clear that if anyone will be removed from a given institution, it will be those who have set out to destroy other people's lives. In a healthy culture, it would be the architects of intolerance who ended up as pariahs, not their targets. No, a sensible dean of Georgetown law might have said to the horde in front of them. And as for you, you sniveling creeps. Hey, do we have that John Hinckley Jr. music handy? I know we had it yesterday. Remember John Hinckley Jr.? He shot President Reagan and nearly killed a U.S. president at the height of the Cold War. Pretty awful. Well, he's out and has been out for a while, and he's become a musician. And he's got yet another album out. We played some of his stuff a year or so ago when he put out his first music. This is this is some new John Hinckley Jr. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing great. Listen, if anyone knows of a record label that would put out my music on vinyl, let me know. This is another original song of mine. The reason I even play that at all is he's going to play a sold-out New York City concert this weekend. No. Yes. No. Yes. Well, is it like in a subway bathroom or what? It might be a club that holds 75 people, and they're all doing it ironically, but it's sold out, according to... So, hey, Michael, you got any Dead Flowers music in the uh, the system? My, my crazy band? So... If you shoot a president and almost kill him, you can get your crappy, crappy, crazy meanderings listened to across the country. But if you shoot zero presidents, it's practically impossible. Not one president. Right, right. And somebody ought to tell him, you want your music on vinyl, just have somebody do it. You call up the the record pressing company, you give them the masters, they'll do it. Hey, am I crazy? Course, or is this, am I crazy or is this guitar out of tune? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. What do you got for me? Come on. This is Joe's band. Keeping in mind, nobody in that band has ever shot a president. Maybe kicked a governor or two, but that's it. That's actually the fabulous Richard Austin singing on this song. Oh, so dedicated. Anyway, you can't get anybody to hear your music unless you, I don't know, try to assassinate a head of state in in this this sick, sick country of ours. Well, Disappointing. And, and I, I always got to mention this when John Hinckley Jr. comes up to, sh- uh, to show how crazy he is. He was on his way to murder an actress. He, he was on his way to murder an actress. He wasn't going to shoot the president. Then he just happened to see, oh, the president's speaking over there and goes over and shoots him. That's how crazy he was. I'll shoot him instead. Yeah, that's how nuts he was. And I guess we decided, well, you've done your thing and you're out now. And now he's making music and playing a sold-out club. Ah, I'm not going ironically. I get it's kind of campy, weird, and stuff like that. But nah, I'm not no. going to go watch somebody who almost killed our president. Armstrong and Getty. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Now, from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Uh, Armstrong and Getty. These are bad guys. That is especially true. So bizarre and so grotesque. Yep. Okay. Well, that was unnecessarily frank, but how can this show be on one hand sometimes so highbrow, yet be what it is the rest of the time? Come on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ladies and gentlemen, the eunuch, Brian Stelter, at the University of Chicago last month at what was called, sickeningly, Disinformation and the Erosion of Democracy Forum. Uh, We begin with a freshman asking uh, Mr. Stelter a question. Clip 25. Uh, My name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, My question is for Mr. Stelter. Uh, You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Salmon as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative. Uh, All the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. But I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy All these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. 
And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. I don't know what that meant. Wow. That is some astonishing bullcrap. So, i got to remember that technique. You know, I love and value my wife. Uh, you're a domestic abuser. You stole all of her money. You pushed her mom down the stairs and sold her car. I remain dedicated to honoring my beautiful wife. Just pretend it didn't, nothing was said. <laughs> so there's plenty of this to go around uh, all over the place, this sort of thing. I just I started into the book, This Will Not Pass, by the political reporters that's been getting so much attention in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I must say, on every page, I either have a quibble or think that is flat out wrong. But the the title of that book, which I didn't get, is this period we're living through is not going away anytime soon, if ever. Wait, 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 really? <laughs> Uh-oh. That's that's their, their concern. Oh, yeah. Is that just... We have something's broken. And I mean, doesn't it feel like something's broken? They actually talk about the last 23 years, basically a quarter of a century, starting with Bush Gore. And you go through all the things that have happened, monumental things that have happened that have pulled at the, you know, it was the first time we'd ever had an election like that where you didn't know who won and fought that, then 9 11, then a couple of long wars, then the, um, you know, wokeness starts and then social media came in. And the meltdown in 2008, and nobody paid a price for that. And then, of course, we get into the Trump era, and then all rules are off for journalism. We've had quite a ride for the last 22 years. And uh, there's no guarantee it gets put back together again. And, for instance, journalists start thinking, you know, what would really be important is to try to call balls and strikes best as we can. I don't know if that's coming back. So a uh, quick aside, I have fired myself as co-host of the show, and I'm hiring that uh, youngster who asked the first that question. That was a good question. Uh, and uh, having gotten a non-horse essay, well, a non-answer full of crap and lies from Brian Stelter, who's one of the uh, worst human beings around, <laughs> uh, certainly in the media, uh, another first-year student is going to try again with Ann Applebaum of The Atlantic. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as this information is truly disinformation and not reality. I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is I think totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or, I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I didn't find, I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that, that would be my problem with the, that oh as, a, as a major news story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
Jack, uh, you may, or I'll jump in here. Uh, as the young, young man pointed out, the electorate did think it was significant. The stupid, unwashed masses, probably in flyover states, who that chick looks down on as subhuman, they did think it mattered. Wow, that's a heck of a thing. And I like a lot of the stuff that she does. But for her to say, I just don't think it's very interesting. Oh, really? Here's the problem I have, because there are uh, fellow travelers in our world that I like who have said, I don't think it would have made that much difference. How would you possibly know that? Because if it had been treated as a real story and the Washington Post had assigned their brilliant investigative team and the New York Times had done their work and NBC had done their work and all the journal at the Atlantic, if everybody had taken that seriously, you have no idea what threads would have been pulled and where that story would have gone in the remaining weeks of the election. We'll never know. We might find out as they continue to look into it where it might have gone, but we'll never know. So to claim that it would have had no effect is, come on, that is not a counterfactual. You'd have no idea. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So I think what we just heard there were two examples of somebody trying to defend the indefensible. One of them went with ignoring what was said uh, completely, uh, Stelter, and then uh, Ms. Applebaum went with, well, I know better than America, and that's what I decided. I don't okay. find it to be a particularly interesting story. Yeah, as I said at the time, all I'm convinced of is I'm not voting for Hunter Biden for president. But that was the only thing I knew at the time. It doesn't mean you can't look into all that stuff. And 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 like I said, if you had all these journalists looking into this, who knows what they would have figured out. Right, right. And I just, uh, wow, wow. I think it, what needs to be said has been said, but how about those two humans and, and their attitudes? Will, Yipes! This will not pass. I wonder if it will. Will will journalism schools ever crank out people again that can stick with, I just want to figure out what the truth is. I'm not concerned with what side it helps or hurts. Will right, that ever happen right. again? Yeah. Wow. That doesn't sound like any channel I'm involved with. No, he just listed like half a dozen specific examples, all of which are true. Good Lord. Well, he's in a pretty tough situation. I don't know what he was going to say. Yeah, we we got him all wrong, but it was good because Trump is bad. I mean, what are you going to say? That. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Last time we talked about this, I ended up going off on a rant and uh, exhibits and quotes on the utter cruelty and horror of subjecting children to hormone treatments to block their puberty, then disfiguring surgery. As a confused adolescent decides they want to be a different gender, there are sickos who are more than willing to uh, cause permanent damage to the kids. Okay? There. I got it out of myself, more or less. This is just... This is an example of why adolescents should not be empowered to make these decisions. This is a very bright young woman or something uh, whose uh, moniker is I Am Blue Fairy on TikTok talking about uh, what xenogender, xenogender people are. 20, Michael. Okay, I would describe xenogenders as a gender that could not typically be be described with terms such as masculinity, femininity, neutrality, androgyny, things like that. It's more of not how you relate to a particular gender um, experience, but more of how you relate to things. Okay. Okay. So what exactly are you talking about there? Hmm. For example, cake gender. Um, I know a few people who personally use this. Um, 
It's typically described as them feeling light and fluffy or sweet and warm, and it's not something that you could typically describe with the terms masculine, feminine, androgynous, etc. You know, there are, there are all kinds of emotions that human beings have, but whenever you're having that emotion, you don't have to assign your identity to it. Uh, yeah, that is a child, a rather strange child, and confused, very bright the idea that she should be authorized to have surgery to live out being cake gender or male or whatever is obscene. Uh, one more clip. Another example of cake gender would be if someone feels like they have different layers or flavors to their particular gender. Wow. It's not parody, friends. I, it's not. So like today I'm feeling slow and heavy. So I, my, 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 I'm a lead bar. That's my gender. I'm a lead bar because I'm slow and heavy. Or cheesecakey. <laughs> oh boy! Please help us push back against this insanity, if you can. If you can. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Hey, folks, I know times are tough with soaring gas prices and now a shortage of baby formula. But we've been through tough times before, and we'll get through them again. With my mom Biden's non-clotting baby child. This is the same porridge my own dear mother would fry up in the storm cellar. Back when I was no bigger than a hickory stump. 
Every can is chopped, boiled twice, and pickled personally by me, Uncle Joe. All the ingredients a little nipper needs to make him strong enough to gnaw through chicken wine. And the daily recommended doses of corn fritters, sassafras, cod liver oil, johnny cakes, and a healthy helping of beaver meat. Tom Albine's non-clotting baby child. Go to your local general store and pick up a sack of cans today. Sounds very tasty. Pickled personally by me. <laughs> Which reminds wow. me, if I could take something fun to something slightly more serious economics-wise, um, the whole pickle thing. I got into a conversation with my son about that the other day. <laughs> Actually got started on pickles, and then why are pickles called pickles? Everything else is a pickled pickled this, pickled beets, pickled this, but a pickled mm. cucumber is called a pickle. Huh. Anyway talking about how my mom used to pickle things all the time. And she did, and all her friends did, and all my friends' moms did, and everybody pickled things. And it, uh, I was thinking about that, comparing it to a tweet I saw that got a fair amount of attention the other day of, in the 50s, a family on one income could afford a house and a car and to live and blah, 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 all these different sorts of things. And What's always left out of that lefty screed about how awful America is and the economy is and everything like that is people lived in tiny houses. I know this because I wasn't alive in the 50s, but I was alive a couple of decades later and it was still the same. Uh, people lived in tiny houses. You shared one car. You n- Nobody I knew flew places on vacation. You drove nearby for vacation. You grew stuff in your garden, not just because gardening was fun, but because it was much cheaper to do, and then you pickled it, so you'd have even more food during the wintertime. These were the things that people did regularly to get by on the incomes they had at the time. Yeah, your your summer program for your kids was be home for dinner, and it was remarkably inexpensive. Right. What camps are you going to be in, I hear, this time of year always, and each one of them costs several hundred dollars. And some people have their kids in them all summer long. Yeah, no, no, you just you played for free. And of course, the one we, that I left out, but we always mention is nobody ate out hardly ever, as opposed yeah. to maybe every meal. So yeah, the, the the idea that it was so much cheaper, pickling things was a uh, wasn't a cool because um, I, I heard it's coming back in Portland. It wasn't a cool uh, hipster <laughs> hobby. It was because it was a way che- cheaper way to eat. You see. And that's not yeah. that long ago that people did that regularly, at least in the Midwest they did. You ever had pickled pig's feet? I have tried them. My dad ate them like every day, practically. He certainly would on a Friday. He would stop at Wally's Liquor Store in Hazel Green, Wisconsin, where the school bus turned around, and he would uh, he would get a six-pack of Schlitz and some pickled pig feet or smoked carp and bring it home and mm. uh, eat it there at the dinner table. As a good, I've worked all week long, I deserve this sort of Friday meal. <laughs> pig knuckles, I, he called them. Well, it's pork, right? I mean, it sounds knuckles, horrific it looks, for whatever. Well, well it, it sounds horrific because it's a foot in a jar. And it looks disgusting. <laughs> it's the meat. But it's pork. It's the meat between the toes. How's the meat between uh, your toes? Oh, oh. Wash it with the hot water, please. Well, that's why it's pickled. I heard this story on the way in and thought it was entertaining. 
What does the queen eat to celebrate 70 years on the throne? 96-year-old Elizabeth II will sink her teeth into lemon and Swiss roll amaretti trifle. Amateur baker Gemma Melvin concocted the official pudding. My grand taught me to bake. My nan's signature dish was a trifle. And the queen had lemon posset at her wedding. So we put it all together. The official pudding. Mm. They have an official pudding. What an honor. How to craft to craft the official pudding. How stupid is the whole king queen thing? They have an official pudding. All right. Okay. So I, I think that you may be over egging the pudding. Thank a you, bit. Ian. So I think most people feel that the whole queen and king of England thing ends when she's done. There's no point in pulling the rug out from underneath the hundred year old queen. But when she's gone, okay, uh, no more official puddings. No, no, all this stuff has got to go. It's just yeah. dumb, right? You already got various princes saying, "I'm out." Yeah, you know, right. still, ca- still cashing in, but yeah, yeah. the official yeah. pudding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of the UK, uh, if you insult a man for being bald in the workplace now in the UK, that amounts to sexual harassment. Oh my God, I didn't think I'd ever see this day come. Hair loss is more, far more common among men than women, so using the term bald is inherently related to sex and equivalent to commenting on the size of a woman's breasts, according to the what? UK's official employment tribunal. Why, that's the dumbest reasoning I've ever heard. So, uh, whatever you say, baldy is the same as nice hoots, sugar, you know what? Okay. Men are much more likely to carry briefcases than women. So saying nice briefcase is similar to saying nice hooters. Oh, clearly. clearly. That's just dumb. The finding made by three judges who lamented their own lack of locks in the judgment came in the case of an electrician who sued a small Yorkshire-based family business over the term. Uh, one of his supervisors allegedly called him a fat, bald sea. <laughs> <laughs> And he was later fired. You know, uh, <laughs> I suppose most of you have never seen me before. I am a uh, bald man, but I have my head shaved, so you, you, you can't really tell. And in the modern world of being able to shave your head, being bald is a nothing. It is a nothing. To, to have been bald like 40 years earlier when you were expected to have that ring around a hair around the side and bald on top that that would i would have not liked that but in the modern world where it's perfectly acceptable you know practically nba every nba star in the court has a shaved head um it's just it's a nothing it's a it's a nothing i'll give you a hundred dollars to grow uh your hair and do a big comb over i've tried it just won't i've tried because i thought it would be kind of entertaining i tried for the kids before but it just won't your hair just doesn't grow? No, nope, face or head. It grows a little bit, and then it just stops. Paint your bald spot. <laughs> I couldn't get through it without laughing. Oh, that would have been funny. Paint your bald spot. And spending no time or money on hair care, I'm so used to it. I think if for 50 bucks I could get a full head of hair, I wouldn't do it. Just like, so now i got to, like, wash it and style it, and the wind blows it crooked. and No. I just, how about I don't ever think about it at all, which is my current stance. I tell you what, the amount of stress and pain it causes me that every day I leave the studio, my hair is all squashed down by my headphones. So I got flathead. It's, it's terrible. I got to spruce it up again. It's, it's, <laughs> so I see your point. You paint uh, your bald spot? What bald spot? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.